you know, how long did it take to record your first, your debut album? I want to say, believe it or not, we probably knocked that thing out in like a couple of months. And I say that because we did so much pre-production at Rodney's house. Oh, yeah. And I sat and I lived with the song. So by the time we went to do, to Manhattan to record it, um, we were pretty much just knocking them out. And I had even did like all my backgrounds, except for maybe, maybe it was like two songs. Tony Curtis was on one of them. And then um, 112 was on the remix of The Things You Do, which is the, yeah. one that, the ones that you guys know. But I, be I believe for the most part, I did all my backgrounds and everything. So about two months. And we just okay. kept knocking it out, stayed in New York and just kept knocking it out. Yeah. yeah. And so when, when, when it comes to, because it's very hard, because a lot of us would say, oh, we know you with Rodney. Then some of us say, oh, we all thought you were a bad boy artist. Then some things, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you're part of Missy's camp. So mm -hmm. how did the sort of relationship between Puffy, Missy, and then sort of come about? So with the first album, um, once it was completed and we decided on the first single, which was the things you do, um, the record company was like, they liked it, but they wanted it to have more of a, what was going on at that time vibe. So they, uh, my A&R who was at that time, Bruce Carbone and Mr. C was my, I think the assistant A&R um, over at Mercury. They talked with Rodney and the Rev. Everybody knows Reverend Jerkins by the Rev. They talked <laughs> And um and was like, hey, how do you feel about having Puffy get on this? Because Puffy, of course, was just he was killing the game at the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, um, they thought that it was cool, and then they ultimately talked to me. Excuse me, excuse me about that. Um, and of course, I'm like, uh, is that a trick question? <laughs> uh, is that a trick question? So basically, they got a um, the Puffy. Puffy heard the original and felt like he wanted. He said he wanted to do the remix. He had a great idea for it. So he was like, yeah, man, let's do this. Let's do this. So even that I knocked out in like one or two days um, and we switched it up in 112 myself um, and Rodney, of course, and Puffy, everyone vibed together. And um, we, we all kind of like put the melody together. And I have to say that 112 was just phenomenal to work with as well. They, you know, some talented brothers. Um, so at that point, after the record was done, um, Puffy was like, I just hear a rap in there or something. And I think he let Missy hear it because at Missy at that time was, you know, working with some artists and, you know, starting her thing as well. Yeah. So um, Missy heard it and was like, oh man, yeah, I got to be on this joint. So she heard it and right away she loved it. And so she jumped on it and it kind of went from there. So of course the relationship between Missy and myself started growing more. Um, and Puffy, it was just that. I just recorded and I really had never you know, really spoke to him anymore since then. And it was nothing personal. It just was, he came, him and Biggie came and did the video and then, you know, kept it moving. We cool, but you know, that pretty much was it. Yeah. So, but Missy and I, we started, you know, kicking it more and more. And then, you know, there would be some events or gigs that she would go to and she would reach out and be like, yo, what you doing? What's up? You know, we would, you know, hang out here and there. And then um, before I knew it, the record company, started slowing down on we're like okay yo what's going on you got the things you do out we need another record i'm gonna fast forward a whole bunch so at that point things just didn't work out my attorney sylvia roan over at electra and whomever else over there at electra um and of course the president at mercury they all talked about you know letting me go because they saw that I was becoming unhappy and and I felt like I was just being held back because no one was letting a second single out. I felt like they didn't even 
you know, show enough love with the promotion with the first single. So I felt like, okay, what's going on here? And I just felt like nobody was fighting for me. So, and even Missy was like, what's going on? Why aren't they putting another album out? So moving forward, you know, um, my attorney ended up getting me off the label um, and, and I got a nice fee for that. And so Missy, because we were still working together, we were still cool with Rather. And I was doing, you know, reference tracks for her and uh, one of them even being uh, one of the songs that Aaliyah had put out. And so um, Missy was like, well, you know what, G, like, you know, you got to still do something. You know, she felt like I was still too dope and you can't just sit around. So her and Sylvia talked some things out and I ended up going over to a lecture with a nice, you know, advancement. And then that that project, you know, Missy was um, supposed to basically oversee it. And I kind of was like executive producer along with her. So she kind of just told me, just go do your thing. But at that point, Missy was so busy and so large that, I mean, even before that, we know that before that, but she was so, she had so many children, I call it, you know, and trying to be a mother to all these children. So it was like, okay, um, I got to keep it moving because I was trying to, you know, get her to be more involved, but I saw that she had to go do her thing too. And, 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 you know, feed her other children. That's, you know, that's the best way I could put it. So, and I wasn't mad, you know, because she had other obligations and I knew that in going into this deal. So she kind of gave me the green light, just go do your thing. And then just let me hear the finished product. And I'll let you know how I feel. So when I tell you this second project, we really didn't work together that much. We really didn't. She did do Yada Yada. Mm -hmm. And Jazzy Jeff's camp had um, worked on that project. To be specific, Eric Roberson wrote that song. And he's a big artist that's out to this, to, you know, today. But anyway, um, Missy did rap on Yada Yada, which was the first single off of the If You Only Knew album that was with Elektra. And then what happened after that was um, all the other songs she had agreed with in that album meant so much to me so hmm. much to me simply because I wrote most of it hmm. and the features that I had on there from Beanie Siegel hmm. the Jazzy Jeff's camp and I'm sure you remember Montel Jordan um, <laughs> yeah. yeah Shep Crawford was on there the one who wrote how did how did you get here by Deborah Cox hmm. he wrote on my album and we also had um John B on the album Mm -hmm. It was such a nice collaboration. Yeah. And then I had a, a local um, producer from Philly um, that my oldest son's father had um, connected me with. But when I tell you that that second album meant so much to me and when they shelved it, it took like every inch of blood out of my capillaries. And I am not exaggerating. Like it, it, it damaged me so bad. I went into a deep depression. And... It, it gets even deeper than that, but I'll just keep it on that level. It ripped my soul out. And then all of a sudden, everybody became ghosts. They didn't know me anymore. And so I just said, you know what? Just get me off the label. I just asked my attorney just to get me off the label. And then that's when I decided to just switch careers and moved in another direction because I just couldn't deal with the pain and the hurt anymore. And I'm like, why is this happening? You know? So not to get too personal, but it was definitely devastating, traumatizing, 
severe depression was an understatement. Um, I just felt abandoned. Um, but, uh, but like I said, as the years went on, what God started helping me do was find me more, you know, and I had to get to, a, and it's 20 something years later, but you know what, when, when, when God says it's time, it's time. And that's just the bottom line. Some people, it take longer to heal than others. Ha I could have went and probably done a couple of other things. As a matter of fact, there was a third time that I did try to um, get back and do some things with a local producer in the Philadelphia area. He owned the Laugh House. His name was Roderick. We tried to do some things that just didn't spill out the way. And I wrote on, like on that project as well. That just didn't work. And then that's when I really was like, you know what? I just probably should just um, just focus on just really just focus on focusing on another career. And so, um, but people still here and there, very seldom, you know, would reach out to me and try to get me to do things. But I, I had shut down at that point. So fast forwarding, and I know I'm saying quite a bit. That's so, fast, so fast forwarding to now. Um, when I got the outreach from DJ Cassidy, yeah. I just said, well, let me, let me go a little bit before that. My heart had started feeling connected to music again. And I was saying, God, I don't know what this means. I really don't like, I haven't sang in years, you know, mm. but Lord, you know, that music's embedded in my soul. And I basically let the devil steal my joy because I know what I had inside was, it, 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 well, what I still have inside is a gift from the man upstairs. And for me to allow others, the, the people who didn't have my back or didn't care, uh, uh, get into my mind for me to stop doing what I love to do and take from me what God has given me. I got punished for that. Mm. So I believe that I started feeling like I wanted to get reconnected. And I think that God was just working me over. And so what began to happen, little things here and there. And then I get this call, you know, people was trying to outreach to me because of the DJ Cassidy. And I said, okay, okay. this is, this is pretty big. So now that I have DJ Cassidy here, where does this go? And then I started getting more people reaching out to me and reaching out to me. So now I'm at a point where, God, I'd like to try to do music again. I'd like to, um, I know I still have a fan base out there. I don't know exactly what the end goal is for me, God, but I'm going to let you lead this. So I'm getting people wanting, like yourself, wanting to reach out and talk to me and more. You know, so that's pretty much where it is with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is truly, truly devastating. It is so, like I said earlier, traumatizing. Mm. Um, trying to keep myself together. Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview. Loads to come, but thanks a lot for watching.